push on a pedal, push on a pedal, get your heart started, push on a pedal, push it down and up again. Get on your bike, sit on the seat, put your feet on the pedals, and ride it all around, ride it all around. Get on your bike, sit on the seat, put your feet on the pedals, and ride it all around, ride it all around. Good morning. This is Mark Elliott from Better Bike uh, in Beverly Hills, a uh, your local West Side advocate, hosting uh, today's edition of Bike Talk with Nicholas. <laughs> hey, and we're going to be touching on some uh, regional uh, issues uh, of interest. We're going to talk about some upcoming events, and we'll move on to some topical stuff. And first, we'll do an update with our local LACBC affiliate in Santa Monica. Santa Monica spoke, and on the line is Cynthia Rose. Good morning, Cynthia. Good morning. How are you? It's a busy weekend, isn't it? (laughs) It is, it is. Well, tell us right off the top, tell us what you have going today, because you do have a busy day. Well, today we are... uh, uh, we are um, participating in a bike festival that's being hosted by our local REI, where they're inviting in cyclists from all over from the community and hosting uh, vendors and uh, community groups. Uh, so we're there and other cycling groups. So they're kind of teach- helping people pick their bikes, um, use their bikes um, for transportation. So they're help. They have a GPS clinic, so you can figure out your route if you're using it for work. They have a t- flat tire clinic. They have. Oh, there's a couple of other ones, and off the top of my head, I can't remember what they are. If I do, I'll tell you. But it's it's going to be a fun day. We're going to be down there, and um, then after that, Brian and I are going over to teach a uh, Confident City Cycling class. Uh, as LCI's uh, League Certified Instructors, we are teaching classes here in Santa Monica through um, a grant uh, with Sustainable Streets and hosted by the City of Santa Monica. So we teach people how to ride their bikes confidently, learn the rules of the road, their rights and obligations as cyclists, and so on and so forth. Terrific. And I know so that's Aria... our day today. Pardon? Hmm? Sorry. I, I know uh, REI is, uh, has been really supportive of the LACBC's uh, River Ride upcoming on June 10th, and I think they take a pretty active role in the local community, don't they? They take a very active role. They've always been very supportive. Um, and in fact, JJ, who is a River Ride coordinator, will be at our event today signing people up for River Rides. So if you want to go to River Ride and you're in the Santa Monica area, you can come on down and check out all the different fun, bikey stuff. Uh, say hi to us and sign up for the river ride. Well, terrific. And I know also on uh, upcoming on April 22nd in Santa Monica, the second bike station is opening. Is that right? It is actually the bike campus. So I think some people, it's, it's, we have the bike, um, the bike uh, center, which opened last October, November, where, uh, which is um, the hub for parking bikes and showers. It's a commuter type stop. But what we're opening, uh, what we're doing the grand opening for on the 22nd is the bike campus, which is down at the beach, which is a learning center that has, it's off-road, but it's painted with uh, road striping. So people can practice their skills with their bikes when cars aren't involved and become more confident. That's the campus that we use to teach the uh, on-road skills of our class, which will be next week on Saturday. 
Okay, so two subsequent Saturdays, right? Consecutive Saturdays. Well, we, we yes. The, the, uh, the class that we're teaching, to clarify, the one we're teaching today is the in-classroom part, and then next Saturday we take it out and we teach road skills, and um, then Sunday is the grand opening of the bike campus, and then we'll have a big party then. We'll have uh, bike rodeo where we've invited middle school students and their parents to come down and kids can practice and the city will be there. We will also launch a big, and I think a very uh, favorite campaign will be uh, Bring Ciclovia to Santa Monica and the West Side. Ah. So we're gonna have a big map where we're gonna interactive and have people, they can mark up the, where the routes should be or where they think they should be, and we're gonna start that campaign. Um, actually, we're gonna start it today, but it'll be really launched next week when we'll have uh, the map at the Bike Center opening on Sunday. Oh, that sounds terrific. I love me my civic engagement, so the more people marking up maps, the better. <laughs> and, uh, we are, uh, better, better Bike is going to have a booth at uh, tomorrow's farmer's market, so I myself am not going to be involved in Ciclovia, but I really look forward to mapping out a west side route for the upcoming Ciclovia. That'll uh, be great. Uh, I would love to ride it from, from the beach all the way uh, to downtown, So, uh, and I'll, I'll plan to see you there at the opening. And that yeah, little, that little field, that field campus is just uh, is dynamite. That that little road test area. I, I took the Confidence City Cycling class a couple of months ago with uh, with Ron and uh, Megan Cavanaugh, and that is just like a little bit of Netherlands uh, goodness right there by the beach. You can just right, it is. try it out <laughs> off the road. It's fabulous. And and what's happening now? With since you've been there, now they have signage so that people can come down to the campus and read and see how the, the road skills portions of it are used. So they have like a little obstacle course so you can practice dodging, as you know if you took the class, uh, dodging obstacles in the road or cracks or something like that. So they'll have signage so that people can read up on it and actually figure out how to use the course so that it benefits them the best. Oh, that's terrific. I, and, you know, leave it to Santa Monica to, to be the, the trailblazer here in the region for, for that kind of pedagogy shall we say that's that's just great and I will we, I mean, yeah they're great we it's like nobody's nothing is perfect and i don't mean to downplay but we are very happy um uh with how engaged our city staff and how um just uh, i mean they ride their bikes they want these things to happen they definitely get input from the community but they're enthusiastic and that that plays out when you get things like this happening. And we have a city manager that supports it. We have a mayor that supports it, council that supports it. So all those things need to fall into place. And you have advocacy um, um, coordinating the community with the city. So it, it, all, it all has to work together. And we're having, for the most part, a very good time making that happen in Santa Monica. Oh, gosh. And you're right on the heels or right off the heels of the, uh, the latest bike corral opening down on Main Street. That's Those another. are our first on-street bike corrals in Santa Monica. We have two, and we have we'll have at least three or four more coming. Gosh, I mean, it really is a testament to what happens, like you say, when advocates and when the city work together. When there's some city side commitment, interest, and commitment, you know, it's uh, it's amazing how quickly the landscape can change. You know, we, I guess we exactly. look at the Netherlands, and you know, the Netherlands seems like another world, but. When you look at Santa Monica and you look at Long Beach and, and to, I guess, a lesser extent in Los Angeles, you can see how we get there bit by bit, piece by piece. Yeah, 
you have to work. You, I mean, problems come up, and you. And what happens when you have a good communication is that you can work on them together. And I think that's an important part of it because nothing is going to be smooth sailing forever. In the Netherlands, they have problems, but um, when you have a good communication with staff and 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 management in the city, then that's how things get changed, and that's how things get improved for everyone. So what we and what has always been. Um, always come out as being very important in all the community meetings is education. And the city has taken this uh, very seriously, and that's why we have things like the Bike Campus and Lucy Dyke, who is really there at the city, running all these things down there and coordinating it and being extremely supportive. Um, I don't know what we do without her. Mm. So we're very happy. That's amazing. And also you have Lucy down there who brings some, some real planning expertise. Yep, Lucy, Lucy's great. We have Michelle, is with, Michelle Glicker, uh, Colleen, Lumo. I mean, we just, uh, the list could go on. <laughs> I guess We have great planners, and, and they're, they're definitely forward-thinking, and they're willing to look at options that are not necessarily the norm and off-standard and study them and, and test them to see if they can and work in our city. Yeah, it's it's just fabulous, and it's, I gotta say, it's also just like hats off to the city for recognizing that they've they've got to build a farm team of planners that can that can actually tackle the tough problems, you know. Right. Uh, in, you know, Beverly Hills is a real contrast. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But with Santa Monica, you have a model, you know, of what can happen when actually you get people kind of rowing in the, the boat in the same. Everyone's rowing in the same direction. It's fabulous. Right. And, and, and with a lot of the cities that we're going to have in, in a lot of Los Angeles, is these cities are built out already. We are reinventing how we can use these streets. And in beach cities, we really don't have space to move out. We're confined by, you know, the ocean on one side and, and all the other city limits on the other side. So everything is there already. We have to repurpose it so that it is more effective and safer for everyone. Mm, gosh, said like a planner. <laughs> that, that's that's just terrific. You, Santa Monica and, and Beverly Hills and a lot of other areas around here. They're, you know, they're they're old cities, like you say, getting readapted for for new transportation uses, or in some cases, just reverting to to past multimodal uh, transportation exactly. uses. And that's really a challenge. I've got like Metrolink. You know, bringing the Metrolink. We had all we had lines, these rail lines, years ago when these cities were first. Um, all little pockets in, at this, you know, at distances from each other, and now we're having to renovate and rebuild from scratch these connections for mass transit. Exactly. You know, it, it's about exactly 60 years ago that that from my place in Beverly Hills, I could have taken a, a Pacific Electric interurban, the streetcar, from from right near my place uh, out to Santa Monica. And yep. you know, over to Hollywood and downtown, that was that was 60 years ago. And since then, you know, in my opinion, it's been a little bit of downhill. And uh, and and I guess we could see how difficult it is to get back to those kind of investments that we once right. made. We need to rally our government, not only locally, but as and I'm sure you you do this as well and advocate for it. It's like we need to advocate locally, regionally, at a state level. We really have to make sure that we get um, transportation money allocated for um, mass transit and for rail and yeah it's very important yeah, absolutely and not to mention safety uh, california bicycle coalition is again ramping up mm -hmm. their their three feet buffer legislation in fact i just sent off a couple of letters to 
um, state assembly representatives who are moving that through a committee up in Sacramento. So like we gotta we gotta be on all fronts with this stuff. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a juggling game, and I'm sure you do the same thing in Beverly Hills because you don't have as easy a time as we have here in Santa Monica because you have the aggravation of working with people who are not listening to you quite as much. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely true. And, and speaking of Santa Monica, uh, you're aware of uh, you've seen probably the the um, design for the Colorado Promenade. Yeah, we're actually working with the city on that as well. Right, because that's going to be that's going to be truly multimodal. It, it it will be a new um, it will be a new worldwide way that people look at the city of Santa Monica. That terminus of the Expo Light Rail is right, so you when you get off the train, you see the Santa Monica Pier. Amazing. So that is just going to be that's going to be the new pearl in our city, I believe. And yeah. everything should you know just filter out from there. And the better way we can get that done the the nicer it's going to be when it's finished the plans look beautiful and we ha will have some um uh i believe that there'll be some design workshops coming up relatively soon mm, we've I, had some already yeah because that plan looked pretty realized the visualization i saw was pretty realized already well if, if you'd be surprised if it's visualized they, they really get into it, the nitty-gritty and then next time you see it it may be considerably changed i mean the basis is there but, um, and also what's difficult with this project is you have the Light Rail Expo working on it, their portion of it, and then we as the city, or with the, the city has to work with their portion of it that kind of is commingled but separate. Mm. So they have to, they have to relate to each other, but their, their projects are actually two different projects. Mm. Amazing. This is always the challenge. The Expo line uh, and the phase one was like this also you know you've got all these moving all these right. moving parts of this large agency and you have uh, the, the local uh, cities that it's passing through stakeholder groups and it's amazing stakeholders that need and want that they're specific yeah anyway i have to get going all to right. my uh event hi all nick right. hi thank, hi thanks okay. so much <laughs> all <laughs> right it's good talking to you and have fun okay you Cynthia, bye thanks, thanks Cynthia. bye-bye well, Cynthia, Cynthia Rose from Santa Monica spoke, definitely one of the local um, advocate organizations making real headway. Hey, Nicholas, have you seen the Colorado Boulevard plan? No. This is, the, uh, this is Colorado Boulevard in Santa Monica. As Cynthia said, where the Expo line is going to terminate uh, in phase two of the Expo construction. And this, this, this Colorado Boulevard can reimagine for multimodal travel is is a vision it's like uh it's like you just can't imagine it happening in the la area uh even even far more visionary than uh, than the, the good improvements that have happened down in long beach this is just a corridor just reimagined for for cyclists and uh, pedestrians as well as vehicles and transit how, how far does colorado go um colorado i want to say colorado extends from ocean in santa monica East to it might be Barrington. Okay. I forget. I don't know if it makes it even as far as the 405. The part that they were working on is the promenade all the way at the western end uh, near the near the future Expo station. And they're I mean they're really looking at at uh, co totally redoing it, uh, making it a uh, kind of a, uh, a new high watermark for our region. Does it reach your city? 
Uh, does the Expo launch at uh, Colorado? Yeah. No, no. Co- yeah. Colorado Boulevard itself uh, is in, I want to say, is in maybe just a small piece of Los Angeles, but no, we're on the east side of the 405 in Beverly Hills. So we've got no Colorado Boulevard. Um, however, we do have Santa Monica Boulevard, which in my imagination you know, gets some of the similar multimodal treatment. Uh, but that's not in the cards just yet. Um, yeah, so like, what I'm looking for is something that goes all the way from the east side to the beach. So have yeah. I got that? Do I have that? We we don't have that yet, although I will say there's a couple of proposals out there that are definitely worth talking about. They should they should just be on our, uh, on our agenda, on our, on our radar. One is the bike route. Uh, 66. This is the Adventure Cycling Association's uh, part of their national network of bike routes. You know, if you look at their, if you go to the website for the Adventure Cycling Association and you look at their national bike route map, it's this amazing um, network, not unlike the Federal Interstate Highways Network. It's this amazing network of, of bike routes, and one of their one of their signature pushes is for Bike Route 66. If you remember the old. Route 66 of television fame and of Oki uh, migration to California fame. This was a, uh, a highway, which was actually a series of state highways connecting Chicago and Santa Monica, if you can believe it. It came right yeah. right across through um, here in California, through uh, Victorville, and then dipped down into the San Gabriel Valley, straight across uh, the foothills there through Pasadena, notched down through uh, Los Angeles and then across on Santa Monica Boulevard all the way to the ocean. So that, that's, that's one of the things when we kind of back up and take a big picture look at where bicycle planning is, take the, like a 30,000 uh, feet aerial view, it would be this, this U.S. bicycle route network and our local piece would be, at least for now, is Bike Route 66. That would be that okay. downtown to, to ocean connector. But Santa Monica is really doing well right now in terms of um, bike, you know, bike advocacy or infrastructure. Yeah, I think, you know, bike everything. They've, they've got the infrastructure down because they're, they're rolling out bike lanes. They're laying down sharrows. It's all part of their land use and circulation element, uh, uh, which where they identified that multimodal uh, transportation was going to be a priority, and maybe most important, they, they want to cap vehicle trips. And when you put a cap on it, when you, when you take the hard and fast line saying this is the threshold we don't want to exceed, that really forces policymakers to start to look at other solutions for getting people around in this case. Uh, if we're looking to cap or reduce vehicle trips, and we know we know vehicle impacts are on everybody's agenda, from stakeholders to policymakers, when you put the threshold on, put the cap on, then you really have to do the tough work and say, how can we get people onto bikes? How can we get people onto transit? How can we get people walking more than they might otherwise get? If we can get people walking that quarter mile that planners identify as the as the kind of the catchment area for pedestrian uses. You know, they draw that quarter-mile radius circle around a transit stop, for example. If we can get people to really recognize and integrate that in their routine, we can get them out of cars and onto transit and, and just walking more for the local trips. How does that work, the quarter-mile circle? Well, planners will typically, typically identify a quarter-mile radius catchment area from 
uh, some particular use. Let's say it's a transit use. And if you look at, uh, you know, metro maps, for example, you look at their transit hubs, they've done quite a bit of planning about um, how we can revitalize areas around transit stops because these are, of course, big public investments that want to maximize them. How can we get people walking to from their home that that you know last proverbial last mile for a pedestrian it's really kind of the last quarter mile how can we get them walking from their home to transit without taking a car and especially without just electing to forego transit and take a car to their destination because then you really reduce vehicle miles traveled and they uh, will take a look at that hub and they'll draw a quarter mile a circle of quarter mile radiating out from the transit stop and they'll ask how can we make these streets safer? How can we, say, apply complete streets treatments, make those pedestrian crossings safer, uh, apply bulb outs, new pavement markings? How can we activate the street? How can we bring retailers in? And if we're talking about new construction, as happens often around uh, metro subway stations, for example, how can, how can we make that new construction bring people close to transit, so give them housing options and ideally affordable housing options? How can we bring retail uses to the street to, again, activate that street, get eyes on the street, give people a reason to to shop and not just uh, take transit and then get home? And mostly, how can we get them using transit? Mm -hmm. That's really the objective. So if we look at that quarter-mile area, one of the keys to reducing vehicle miles traveled is just to get simply get people to walk. I know people who uh, won't walk a few blocks in Beverly Hills and you know, that's crazy. We have uh, a walkable city. It's actually identified as a, as a, ranked very highly as a walkable city. And that's because uh, it's fairly pedestrian friendly. Um, it's not vehicle friendly, however. So this is Mark Elliott with Better Bikes Beverly Hills. And so how's the fight going over there? How's well, you know, I'm glad you asked, uh, Nicholas, because I guess I've been on the scene, on the Beverly Hills scene as a bike activist for a about maybe a little over a year and a half, approaching two years now. And, of course, I've been cycling a lot longer in Beverly Hills for a long time. I was kind of your, your spandex guy on the weekend, uh, and, and a couple of times during the week, I'd, you know, up and over the hill to the valley and, and back over. And, you know, inevitably there were the, the road conflicts, uh, primarily just coming into Beverly Hills. You, know, you come down Benedict Canyon or come down Coldwater Canyon and, it's fine until you get to our business triangle where, you know, all the traffic is and there's so much in and out from the parking garages and start and stop and parallel parking. And after a while, after a few kind of serious conflicts, thankfully no injuries, I just started to wonder where's the bike infrastructure? Where's the, where are the facilities? Where's the lane? I don't see a shadow or I don't even see a single sign. Um, so what really got mm -hmm. me involved was I said, you know, I'm, I'm educated as a planner uh, at USC, and I thought, well, let me just look and see what our city plans say. You know, we're a small city, about 35,000, 38,000 people, a very manageable city. Of course, we're a fairly affluent city. Uh, there's nothing re we really can't do, perhaps except uh, battle metro. Otherwise, there's nothing we really can't do. Let me have a look at the plans. Let me see, is there a bike plan? And sure enough, well, we do have a bike plan. It's called the Bike Master Plan. And I'm looking at the bike plan, and immediately I realize, well, it's saying some of the right things, but the references are, are all wrong. It's, it's referencing studies that are not appropriate, like uh, um, local, you know, school kid to school bike usage. 
that's not the appropriate measure. We should be doing, you know, it should be based on bike counts. We should get an idea of, you know, as a, for a baseline, how many folks are cycling uh, in Beverly Hills, what that cycling traffic is, where it is, what should our priority route network be, you know, all these things that, that planners, you know, think about when they look at a plan. And our bike master plan had none of these things. It had these these kind of outmoded measures. And even worse, I'm looking at the maps because plans have maps. And these maps are um, hard to read. They're just, they're simply illegible. Uh, they're they're smudgy, you know, they're, they're, they're indistinct. I've never seen a plan with maps like this. Hmm. And so as I'm looking closer, closer, more closely at the plan, I realize that this plan is from 1977. And I think, well, that can't be. You know, with this, our city, Beverly Hills, we, we went through the whole general plan process a couple of years leading up to its final adoption in January of 2010. You know, every city by law, cities have to update the key elements of the general plan, housing and circulation and the like. And bicycle is certainly part of circulation. And I noticed also that our master plan was not part of our circulation plan, the bike master plan. It was a standalone. Um, it was technically an appendix. And I thought, well, that's curious, too, because you look at Santa Monica, you look at Los Angeles, you know, we've got bicycle plans that are just integrated into circulation elements. It's all part of the same pie. And so I kind of, I guess I got outraged. I, I looked at a plan from 1977 with studies that were inappropriate and maps that were illegible, and I pick up the phone. Great thing about a small city like Beverly Hills, you pick up the phone, you get a planner on the phone, and the planner says, transportation planner says, um, yeah, that's from 1977, and the city council readapted it, readopted it in 2010, but yeah, you know, we know it's not sufficient. And I gotta say, my blood boiled, and you know, right then and there, I just said, you know, we've, we've got to start putting this on the map and 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 make this happen. So I formed a better bike in, um, I think, spring of 2010 and started out with the Google site, moved it to my own platform, which you can now find us at betterbike.org, and started reaching out to local advocates, uh, LACBC, and got a few folks on board. You got the whole LACBC on board, right? I mean, yep, we've got the LACBC on board. They're they're great supporters. We're a local affiliate of the LA County Bicycle Coalition, which means we try and encourage people to to become members of the LACBC, and most importantly, just to recognize that the LACBC is is just the most significant advocate here. They're countywide. We have a county of ten million people, uh, which is of course distributed a little unevenly those folks and so they wind up doing a lot of their advocacy here in South County um, on the, the west side downtown uh, to some extent a piece of San Gabriel Valley and uh, some of the South Bay so they're they're big we love to support them and as a local advocate uh, we we just try and remind people that yeah you've got folks out there who are working for us in Sacramento as well as the uh, California Bicycle Coalition so how many people do you have in the Better Bike Beverly Hills? I, I email out to about 125 folks, uh, and then I guess I've got probably, I don't know, maybe another 125, 125 on uh, you know, Twitter followers. And we're doing Earth Day tomorrow in Beverly Hills, which is at the farmer's market. And we'll be out there like we were last year you know, with a, with a clipboard and maybe even an iPad trying to sign folks up, uh, get them getting our newsletter and get them thinking about LACBC and most importantly getting them to think about safe multimodal transportation options there in Beverly Hills. 
So what has this done for you, the, for your life? I mean, you, you started this, uh, you started Better Bikes, and uh, so what's it like? I mean, is it, is it something that you do every day? Is it, is it, uh, is it your full-time job? I wouldn't say it's, a, it's my full-time job, but I definitely do it every day. I, you know, of course, I check, I check the most important um, sources I have for information. Those would be bloggers like Ted Rogers over in Santa Monica, who's really on the, on the, on the safety the safety scene, uh, always identifying, you know, where the serious injury collisions are and, and unfortunately fatalities. I follow uh, Rick Reisenberg, who who's on Twitter as Bicycle Fixation. He's he's definitely the best source, just seemingly for for global um, bike information, streets blog, and then of course you know LADOT's bike blog, Metro, and there's a whole handful of people I follow just to just to kind of keep my fingers in all these pies so I can understand how things are unfolding around the region and, and in, at the, in Sacramento in terms of state-level advocacy. One of the things I learned from, from doing Better Bike was it's, we're all interconnected. You know, our, our interests are kind of pan-regional um, and statewide as well. And just from a transportation perspective and, and a planning perspective, our our cities and our local governments are all connected. So Beverly Hills is a small city, and we're we were bounded by Los Angeles on basically on three or four sides, and then a small piece of West Hollywood uh, to our northeast. And everything that happens in these places affects Beverly Hills. When there are bike lanes on Santa Monica Boulevard in Century City and West Hollywood, I can say to Beverly Hills, hey, there are bike lanes that come practically right to our doorstep. Why don't we have bike lanes on this boulevard? And Likewise, when I talk to my city, I say, you know, looking ahead in, in year one or year two, Los Angeles has scheduled these improvements for Burton Boulevard or Robertson. And how are we going to meet the bar that they're, that they're setting for bike improvements? So we're all, we're all in this together, and I think that's probably what I've learned most from Better Bike, as well as just meeting a bunch of great folks. All right. Well, so you have some other people set up today, too, right, that we're going to talk to? Uh, we're going to uh, try and reach uh, Kevin Burton, who's our local West Hollywood uh, LACBC affiliate neighbor. Uh, I'll ring him uh, in, a, in a minute. And I just want to also just review some of the upcoming events uh, for bike people here in the region. Good. Um, uh, we have, uh, like I said, Beverly Hills Earth Day. Uh, that's tomorrow at the farmer's market. Uh, don't ask me why we celebrate Earth Day a week ahead uh, than most other people. Huh. Who knows? It's it's one of those those uh, Beverly Hills things, you know. And so Gotta we'll be, be first. there. Yep, we'll be we'll have something at um, at Earth Day, and we'll have a tent at Earth Day. And also tomorrow is Ciclovia, of course, uh, from what, ten to three. And I know we're going to have a couple of feeder rides coming through Beverly Hills. And last year, at this time, Earth Day, we had uh, we had a tent, and we also had feeder rides come through. So we had a lot of folks uh, just meet up right there at the farmers but market. So if you're coming through, if yeah. you're heading to Ciclovia from the west side, definitely pedal up and uh, look for our tent. So for people who might not know about Ciclovia, that <clears throat> and and it's a, you know how it uh, the feeder rides you know um, must come from all over. Can you sort of describe the importance of Ciclovia? Yeah, I can. Cyclovia is probably the single best awareness-raising um, event we have. This is organized by, by Joe Linton and a bunch of other folks. A real, a real heavy lift. 
and it uh, it it really puts the region on the map along with a place like Bogota, Colombia, where Ciclovia, this where we close the streets to to vehicle traffic. It's just pedestrians and it's cyclists. It's just kind of a free for all, loose parade. It started in Bogota, Colombia, and now it's um, it's spread worldwide. We have uh, this big Ciclovias and in uh, Boulder, Colorado, a bunch of other bike-friendly places. And finally, it came to Los Angeles. And how many, we're, we're increasing the number of miles of streets that they close to traffic, uh, to car traffic, um, every time, it seems, right? Like, how many miles do we have now? You know, I don't know offhand how many miles, but I know we've got two new spurs. I want to say we've got a spur, is it to the, n- is it to the northeast and to south Los Angeles? I think that's this is the first time I remember about six months ago they were planning the South Los Angeles spur, which you know might be one of the most important uh, spurs for Ciclovia because you know, there are a lot of cyclists down in South Los Angeles and they're not really you know on our radar generally as advocates because you know we we think oh the spandex crowd or you know the vocal bike advocates out there who you know kind of you know stir it up from now now and again but in South Los Angeles there's a lot of folks out there. For them, the bicycle is their only transportation, or it's it's just their daily chosen transportation. An enormous number of USC cyclists as well. So mm-hmm. I'm particularly optimistic about that South Los Angeles spur. And that goes, uh, what street was that on? Do you remember? It goes to the African American F- Firefighters Museum. I heard right that, past that the Coca-Cola bottling plant. Is that central? I think it might be. You know, I. I can't really tell you. I haven't looked at the well, route. I can look it up. Personally, I haven't looked at the route because uh, I'm not going to be riding tomorrow. I'm going to be manning our farmer's market table. Maybe I can get a last-minute, you know, little last-minute ride downtown. When I participated, I guess it was a year, two years ago. Could that even be two years ago already? Uh, it was just fabulous. Just uh, all these streets converging on downtown on uh, on Seventh and Spring and Broadway, and all these streets closed. People just, you know, riding it up. It was really, it's fabulous. Yeah, it's something that can, that should not be missed, even if you're somebody who misses most things. Absolutely. <laughs> De- definitely do not miss the Clavia. And if you're anywhere near downtown, you really can miss it because right. because uh, all the streets are closed. Okay, so. it is central. The Spur, the South Spur. It goes down Spring and then down Ninth to Central. And then a little. it's just a little bit right now. Yeah, it's a it's kind of an abbreviated spur. I know they're looking at extending that farther. Um, and where's the other spur? Is that the northern spur? Is right it here? Is it to North Hollywood? Uh, oh, that spur. No, that's uh, just where it starts. Oh, okay. That, right. It starts at Hellmill, uh, Heliotrope, and Melrose, the bicycle district. Okay. Through MacArthur Park, um, then there's the the city hall hub, which is I guess the official. Well, it's on the route. And then the Hollenbeck Park Hub is the eastern terminus. Yeah. I, that was my favorite part of the whole route last uh-huh. year because, you know, a lot of West Side advocates don't necessarily get to the northeast, and it just feels different over there. You, yeah. you cross over that, that L.A. River Bridge, and you're, you're just descending into a different place. A different, oh, world. different place, yeah. and the park at the end there, so, you know, you can't miss it. If you're riding from the west side, by the way, I know Santa Monica Spoke has a ride uh, that's heading uh, to uh, Ciclavia, from the ocean. I think they're organizing at 8 a.m., and I want to say it's a Santa Monica Boulevard route, if I'm not mistaken. And I think there's also one from uh, Venice. So you could you could probably go on a Ciclovia site and, uh, and hook up with a local feeder ride. So that's cool. Ciclovia yeah. tomorrow. 
other events, I'd say there's uh, at LACMA coming up on the 22nd, so that's next Saturday, I think, there's going to be an afternoon of Dutch bike films from noon to 5. Wow. Yeah, so you don't want to miss that. At 2, at 2 p.m., there's a, a Q&A with the director. So if you're interested in learning how the Dutch do it. Tomorrow? Uh, yep. Uh, no, next Saturday. Next Saturday. Next Saturday. Uh, show 21st. up at LACMA. Twenty. I think it's the twenty second. Is that a Sunday? That would be a Sunday. I think. Oh, it's the twenty second. So I don't want to miss. We're on the twenty first. Oh, okay. So that's Sunday then. And uh, just to bring it back to uh, chronologically, to bring it back to Beverly Hills, the following Wednesday on the twenty fifth, we're having the second of our public outreach meetings for a bike route network, which I'll talk about in a minute. And then uh, on May 9th, we've got the third meeting in the Bike Route Network Outreach. That's a key meeting on May 9th where uh, cyclists, uh, we can talk directly to our Traffic and Parking Commission and urge them to recommend to City Council a real robust Bike Route Network for Beverly Hills. So that's kind of a pivotal event on May 9th. And then following on June 10th, LACBC's River Ride, which is uh, the other... You know, big granddaddy bike event here. Right. Much older. Wait, didn't that just happen? River Ride? Yeah. It happened a year, year ago. Last oh, wow. Year. That was fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed it was. So, yeah, so that's coming up June 10th, River Ride. That's LACBC's premier event. Yeah. Uh, how many bike events there are? I mean, Tour de Fat, River Ride, Ciclovia, it's, uh, these, and these are like major, you know, earth-shattering events. Yeah, these are big. These are big. Ciclovia and bike and, and river ride alone, uh, these are, uh, you know, kind of regional scale rides, and they're really high-profile rides, and they're fun rides, and they're fundraising rides, especially uh, the L.A. River Ride. That helps uh, the, the coffers of the LACBC. What's the date again on the river ride? June? Uh, river no. ride is June 10th. Yeah, June 10th, right. Yeah. So I can transition into a Beverly Hills update, if you like. Is there anything on your mind, yeah. Nicholas? You mean before that? Yeah, before I before I go into well, we could go into like a if you're if if you want a little break, we could have a little song, bike song, or yeah, okay, here, let's see what we got in the bike song folder. What kind of song would you like? Like a silly song or like a classic bike song? I was just listening to Queen's Bicycle Race. You don't happen to have that in your folder. (laughs) I want to ride my bike. Yes, I do actually.
Okay, we're back, and we have on the line, we have Kevin Burton from the LACBC local affiliate, the West Hollywood Bicycle Coalition. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Mark. Hello, Nicholas. Hey, Kevin. So, Kevin, give us a little bit of an update. What's happening in, in West Hollywood? You're our eastern neighbor, so what happens in West Hollywood is very important to Beverly Hills. Yes, indeed. Well, there's a lot happening in West Hollywood, um, both in terms of what the city is doing to improve the, the environment for uh, everybody, and uh, especially bicyclists, and also activities that the West Hollywood Bicycle Coalition are engaged in. So I'll start with what the, the city is doing, because as uh, many people know, there was a bicycle task force assembled last year, which submitted recommendations for improving bike infrastructure and education and safety in West Hollywood uh, last December, and that was accepted by the City Council. And the City Council directed the City staff to produce a work plan for uh, projects that they believed they could accomplish in the short term, and the City staff have done that, our transportation staff, uh, Michael Barney, Melissa Antall, and uh, several others. And um, so they have an eight-month work plan. Uh, several projects are already ongoing. Some will be coming up in the next couple months and some further down the, the road. So I just wanted to go over those briefly, give a people who bicycle in and around West Hollywood an idea of, of what's coming up because uh, these plans come out in somewhat obscure documents that go through the city council, but the news doesn't always get out uh, completely to the community. So um, they have uh, activities that are ongoing now, one of which is uh, bicycle safety classes of the kind that uh, your previous guest, um, Cynthia, mentioned. Uh, they uh, are taught by certified instructors, and here in West Hollywood, a class has been uh, taking place that's uh, run by Sustainable Streets, Ron Durgan and his colleagues in the city supports that with the eight grant monies that uh, were obtained in a collaborative effort between West Hollywood and Santa Monica and Glen or Burbank, I think. Um, also, uh, they're uh, updating various ordinances having to do with bicycle parking currently, and uh, that includes uh, requiring that large residential and business developments install bike racks. So previously, businesses have had to do that, but not residential developments. But now even the big condo and uh, multi-unit apartment complexes will have to include bicycle racks. So that's, that's a definite improvement. People who want to live in an apartment or a condo and have an easy place to park their bike, not have to haul it up the stairs and put it inside their, inside their living space. Um, also, the city is developing a bicycle rack request and installation programs. They they have a grant, <coughs> excuse me, a grant from the state for purchasing and installing bicycle racks, and so they're going to be moving forward with that, putting racks all over the city, and they're developing a rack on request program that businesses can request uh, racks be installed in. Uh, their area, as long as there's space to do that, and that we expect will be online probably sometime next month. So that's that's new for West Hollywood. Uh, 
city of LA has done that for a while, but now we're catching up on that. So that'll be a, a great boom, we think, in our relationships with businesses. Uh, future improvement projects, but the very near future, meaning within probably by the end of May, the city is going to be putting share the road signage and sharrows, meaning uh, street markings, on Fountain Avenue. And for the people who bicycle in the west side, uh, they'll be aware that the city of, of L.A. has laid down uh, sharrows on the pavement between Vermont and La Brea Avenues on Fountain Avenue. That was done oh, a year or so ago. And But they stop at La Brea. And uh, people who are riding along Fountain probably don't realize that's the city limit of L.A. and West Hollywood. And so now the city of West Hollywood is stepping up to the plate and going to be continuing those sharrows all the way from La Brea to the western terminus of Fountain Avenue at La Cienega Boulevard, as well as putting a sharrow um, signage on the streets that uh, bicyclists and cars should share that road. So I think that will be very helpful in indicating to motorists on Fountain Avenue that the city is supportive of bicycles and that the motorists shouldn't be surprised uh, when there are bicycles on that street. Great. And, yes. Yeah, no, that, that that's great. I wish we had a single one of those in, in Beverly Hills. That would be nice. And, uh, well, I, I imagine we'll be hearing more from you about what uh, Beverly Hills is planning, and we'll look forward to uh, getting... Sherrills and Beverly Hills and uh, more areas, more streets in this region as well. Mm. Um, let's see. Another big project that the city's moving forward on is putting bicycle lanes, class two bicycle lanes, on San Vicente Boulevard between Santa Monica Boulevard and Beverly Boulevard. And uh, that work will probably begin by the end of May. That's the current plan, so it's coming right up. Uh, that's associated with the renovation of West Hollywood Park, and anybody who goes along that part of San Vicente Boulevard, which is between West Hollywood, the northern part of it is near the Pacific Design Center in West Hollywood Park, will see there's a lot of work going on in the park. And they're re redoing the street associated with that plan, and they're going to have to remove about 20 parking places next to the Pacific Design Center to put in the bike lane. So credit to the city council uh, for being willing to do that, to make room for a bicycle lane. Um, the, those spaces are more than made up for by new garages, both at the West Hollywood Park, the West Hollywood Library, and the, the uh, new building of the Pacific Design Center, which is called the Red Building for obvious reasons when you look at it and so there will be plenty of parking and uh, people will be able to park their cars I don't think that's any problem so we're looking forward to that starting within a couple of months the Sherrows on Fountain Avenue by the way should be complete by the end of May which is uh, bike month national bike month and so I think the, the timing is perfect for that um also, uh, green bicycle boxes are going to be put at the intersection of San Vicente and Santa Monica Boulevards uh, to uh, make it uh, much safer for bicyclists who are stopped at that intersection waiting to either go through or especially make a left turn. It will make it uh, uh, the, the cars will have to stop further back from the intersection to allow room for bicycles. 
Gosh, could you imagine? That might be a, just a great demonstration project for bike boxes. Absolutely. It's a very busy intersection, San Vicente and Santa Monica, so it'll be highly visible. And like you say, demonstration project. It's, it's, uh, the city wants to do that in other areas, but this will be a kind of a pilot, see how it goes. And uh, we're looking forward to that because it, it should uh, increase safety quite a bit, we hope, at that intersection. And let's see, there's several other things they're doing. One important uh, activity in terms of educational outreach uh, that the city is embarking on will be to work with the city of Los Angeles on what is called a Watch the Road campaign. And you can get, your listeners can get more information about that at watchtheroad.org. It's all one word, watchtheroad.org. And a signage is going to be put up um, along light poles along Santa Monica Boulevard and also uh, hopefully some bus shelters, depending on the availability of those. That's not yet clear, uh, which will be safety signage, uh, both for pedestrians and bicycles. And the city has been very forthcoming in reaching out to the West Hollywood Bicycle Coalition to ask for ideas on what those messages should be. And uh, I'm a member of that group, and we've uh, supplied suggestions, uh, which have also come from other members, Tesla and Matt Baum of our group, and they've accepted those. And so we expect those watch the road safety signs to go up again in bike month. And uh, these are very important, I think, along with things like sharrows, because it indicates to motorists that the powers that be, the city, is giving their stamp of approval to bicycles being on the road. And uh, if motorists know that, then I think in general they, they're inclined to behave a little more civilly around bicyclists when they encounter them on busy, busy city streets. And uh, there have been studies in some areas with Sheryls in particular where it's been shown that uh, motorists are less aggressive toward cyclists in those areas that have that kind of signage that have been uh, put down by uh, governmental agencies. Hmm. Yeah, would you? So, quite quite a lot going on in yeah, West Hollywood. Credit to the city and staff for moving forward with all that. I'll say, yeah. And just on that last point about the about the sharrows and the signage, um, I don't think we have to remind any listeners to this show that that cyclists have a legitimate right to the road. That they can ride any public road except perhaps. Um, interstates where it's explicitly prohibited. They they can, it's just a matter of law, right? Any public road, and for lanes that are that are not wide enough to accommodate the largest vehicle, like a bus or a truck, and the cyclist, you, which would typically be called standard lanes, which is that's the term of art. So for cyclists riding, say, in the right-hand lane of a substandard lane, they're entitled to the whole lane. And I like to remind people. And I think we need to remind people, cyclists especially, that, that they're the legitimate road, road user. They have a right to be there and to be in that lane, and they have a right to the whole lane, especially if they feel they need it because there is some debris on the right-hand side or pavement irregularities, and, or just simply because sometimes sharing a substandard lane is not safe. And I, I, I think the frequent... The frequent uh, error I see around the LA area is you have folks who are understandably afraid of the motor traffic and they will hug the right hand curb and that's an invitation to the motorist to squeeze by. 
So the more we get those sharrows out there and the safety signage and, like you say, the, the imprimatur of the city, of the, the local government, the more we get yeah. that out there, I think the, the more we are able to claim the space that's actually ours. Exactly, exactly. And uh, we try to get this okay. message out to bicyclists that they have this right, but I think in reality most motorists don't have a clue about the law, <laughs> the right. bicycle. And so these signs on the roads are one way of communicating that bicycles have some right to be on the street. Absolutely. I think the, the companion, you know, the companion measure is something like the Los Angeles anti-harassment law or the the give yep. me th- give me free state campaign you know when that those are those are high profile efforts when those percolate outward into the motorist consciousness that that'll be yet another kind of leg of the stool that we can that we can kind of sit on if you will stand on when we're out there on the road so we don't feel that intimidation every day yes absolutely now let me ask you uh, uh, quickly kevin to plug your west hollywood bicycle coalition website and tell us who yeah. are the, who's behind it? I know uh, Tesla is you know involved, and she's a driver there also. Give us a little background. Um, well, the West Hollywood Bicycle Coalition really arose out of the efforts of the West Hollywood Bicycle Task Force, which was assembled by the city at the beginning of 2011 to uh, develop a number of recommendations for improvements to bicycle infrastructure and education and safety measures within the city of West Hollywood. And uh, that task force was not meant to be permanent. It was meant to just last for a year, uh, which it did, and produce recommendations which were submitted to the city council and accepted in December. Uh, But we were concerned that, as was the case before the task force, that there wouldn't be any group of bicyclists who could communicate with the city uh, to indicate our concerns and also hear the the concerns of the city about bicyclists because it's a two-way street in that regard. And um, we didn't want that to happen. And so uh, two of us who were actually members of the task force, uh, Tess Lotta and myself, uh, got together and were uh, discussing this and decided to try and form a bicycle coalition along the lines of other bicycle coalitions in L.A. County, uh, some of which had already become uh, regional chapters of the Los Angeles County Bicycle Coalition. And we had the support and interest of a number of other members of the bicycle task force. And uh, so we held our first meeting, um, I think it was in August or September of last year, and uh, within a couple of months, we had become the uh, West Hollywood uh, chapter of the Los Angeles County Bicycle Coalition. And uh, we have a, a group of very active members, uh, in addition to testing myself, Matt Baum, who is, uh, was with the uh, Bicycle Coalition in San Francisco, is now living in West Hollywood, is uh, our media and outreach person who maintains our website. And the, the URL for the website is wehobike.org. That's W-E-H-O-B-I-K-E dot org. And we also have a Facebook page, uh, which you, there's a link on our webpage. Uh, you can search for our Facebook page on Facebook, of course. And so uh, 
we're very active, especially through Matt and Tess, in maintaining those two pages in terms of activities of our coalition and also more regionally. And, for example, we've uh, posted information on the current uh, efforts in Beverly Hills that you're intimately involved with. Um, we are involved not only in communicating with the city about improvements that they're making, uh, but also in uh, community bicycling activities. And uh, just as an example, uh, we have a an organized ride coming up, and you all who already mentioned that the actual Earth Day, which is uh, a week from tomorrow, Sunday, the 22nd, uh, there is an event at LACMA, which is really quite bike-centric. And so I would uh, encourage all your listeners who are interested in the uh, the nexus of art and bicycling to consider going to LACMA on Earth Day because they have a lot of activities. And you mentioned uh, the films that are being shown, ride, Riding Bikes with the Dutch are going to be shown, and there's going to be Q&A with the director in the Bing Theater at 2 p.m. There's also another uh, documentary that's upcoming is going to be shown at several times in the afternoon. Their event is between 12 and 5 p.m., by the way, at LACMA. And so the other film is Ride in Living Color. Um, they're going to have various tours at various times throughout that afternoon. Uh, there's going to be a a bike photo booth, capture the beauty of biking and the free uh, bike photo booth throughout the afternoon. And um, they're also going to, importantly for bicyclists, there's going to be a bike valet so that uh, unless it fills up, you can have free and secure biking. And that will be on the north side of the LACMA campus along 6th Street. My understanding, very near the current bike racks, if anybody knows that campus. Hmm. Um, They're also going to be, uh, there's music all afternoon. KCRW DJ Dan Wilcox is going to be playing music. Um, And so it should be a fun time. And the West Hollywood Bicycle Coalition is organizing a feeder ride from West Hollywood down to LACMA, and information about that will be going up on our webpage and Facebook page sometime this weekend. But basically, our plan is to assemble at the two parks in West Hollywood, in West Hollywood Park and Plummer Park, and we'll be setting off from West Hollywood Park and riding east to Plummer Park, picking up that group, and then bicycling south to LACMA, and then returning late in the afternoon. Uh, this is going to be a family-oriented ride. And so if anybody, uh, if, since a lot of the LACMA events are family and kid-oriented, uh, if anybody's wanting to get in the spirit of Earth Day and not drive, but rather bicycle, uh, our feeder ride will be guided by expert cyclists. So we're going to be taking residential streets for the most part, so it will be safe. And we're encouraging families, especially families with kids, to join us and assemble at the two parks. And that will be um, we'll be assembling about 11.30 or so. And as I say, more information will be posted on our website, wehopebike.org, and Facebook page sometime this weekend about that. Terrific. I think that's a really important point you make there, Kevin, that, that I think our, the movement for safer streets, for bike-friendly streets here, is, 
is ultimately not going to be carried on the backs of advocates, but it's going to be on the backs of uh, families. Absolutely. People who want to be, you know, families who want to be able to uh, send their kids or take them to, to school by bicycle, um, by, uh, by people who want to be able to ride to work safely. And, you know, I think well, maybe I'll just ask you, what, what do you see as the tipping point, either in West Hollywood or on the West Side or regionally? How far away is the tipping point before we start to really get the kind of broad-based political support to, to make real changes, or are we there already? Uh, well, it depends where you are, I suppose. It's very important to get the support of local elected leaders and uh, city staff as well. And uh, Santa Monica is an excellent example of that. As Cynthia was discussing, they have a lot of support of the mayor, other city council members who um, support not only in Santa Monica but regionally in their meetings for the West Side City's Council of Governments, for example. And they have knowledgeable, supportive city staff who go out of their way to help with these projects, uh, Lucy Dyke being a good example in Santa Monica. In West Hollywood, uh, within the last year, that is also happening in the sense that we have pretty strong support from the uh, city council and uh, the bicycle task force was uh, um, introduced by uh, council member Abby Land and uh, former council member Lindsay Horbath. And uh, the other council members are uh, quite reasonably supportive of these efforts as well. And importantly, city staff who are on the ground doing the work have to be supportive. And we have a number of important supporters in that line as well. I mentioned before Melissa Antal. Uh, she actually came from Tucson and has a lot of expertise of bicycle infrastructure as a transportation planner. She's the... Uh, manager of the uh, mobility division within the city of West Hollywood. And so she was hired last year and came on board. And I think in part, this is, represents the city's um, willingness to move forward with uh, bicycle facilities and bicycle education. And she's very strongly expert in that. And right. we have others, including uh, Michael Barney and Chris Correo and others who uh, have been very supportive and uh, I'm confident will continue to be supportive. So there are some areas where that's true. There are some cities uh, where they're, uh, I think, behind the community and haven't appreciated the support for bicycling as a valid option uh, for traveling on city streets, especially in L.A., uh, where people don't want to have to deal with the auto traffic um, and uh, uh, public transit isn't always easily available to get you everywhere you want to go. And uh, that includes to, well, I'm not going to name names, but I think <laughs> the, uh, certainly the bicycle advocates know which cities are cooperating and, uh, and are, are, are progressive in that regard and which uh, cities uh, have yet to get on the bandwagon. Do you think we need to name names, Kevin? Not, not here right at the moment, but... Do you think as part of the advocacy, because I struggle with this myself uh, working in Beverly Hills, sometimes I feel like, you know, yeah, we do have to call out these folks for, say, folks meaning policymakers and transportation officials and transportation planners for not really doing their duty. What do you think about that? Um, I think, yes, I agree with you. And for the people who are actually living in and around the cities where they're not moving forward with this or are actively dragging their feet, 
they need to do it. That is, the constituents of the elected leaders need to contact their elected leaders and go to city meetings or go to commission meetings and say, we need you to represent us, to give us the option to safely ride on streets where currently we cannot. And so I'm not naming names because I don't live in these cities uh, <laughs> that, that are dragging their feet. And, uh, and it's not really, I don't think it's very persuasive to elected leaders to have people who are living in other cities or other areas, other constituencies in terms of the elections, uh, harass them too much. Right. The most effective harassment is the people who live in their constituency, <laughs> and they should be naming the names, absolutely. Right, right. I, and like I said, I, I kind of struggle with, with it myself because I don't necessarily want to discourage my, my policymakers, but I'm also keen keen to to call out what I see as a professional responsibility. Now, I say that because I've had many conversations with our, our local transportation officials, and we're a small city, so we don't have many, right? There's, there's like one guy, basically, who, who kind of uh, is deputy director for transportation. So he's, he's the main contact. And, and when I talk to him, I, I, uh, I get the feeling like there is not really, and I said to him, I don't really feel like there's a professional recognition of what the responsibility here is that I think his perspective this is Aaron Quince in Beverly Hills. His, his perspective is, you know, we go by council direction. And my feeling is there has to, I know there are professional ethics, uh, uh, you know, involved here. And there has to be also some leadership from the city officials, from the non-elected officials, transportation officials. And I, I get the feeling now having hung around City Hall in Beverly Hills for a couple of years that, that the folks really driving the train aren't the policymakers. Maybe it's a city manager, but it's also to a large degree, I think, the the officials, you know, the, the folks who are just the civil service over there. Any idea about that? Um, well, I think you have a point there. That is, the city staff, the non-elected city staff, uh, have a duty to be knowledgeable about all the options and so that they can provide the relevant information, the advantages and disadvantages to the electeds. Um, in principle, it's the elected who produce the policy, and they direct the staff to carry out that policy. Um, however, in reality, what you're saying is true, that sometimes the, the electeds who are not experts in every possible area that the, the agencies have to deal with, uh, often listen to the staff. And, uh, and if the staff uh, really make a strong case for the advantages of doing one thing over the other, that can influence the electeds. Um, and so it's very helpful in reality if the staff are forthcoming with all the advantages of something like uh, bicycle facilities in cities. Um, but you can only go so far with that in the sense that the, really the best way is to get the electeds on board so that they direct the staff, say, we want this to happen, and then somehow, and then the staff can step in with all the, the, the specific details and the support for doing things in certain ways. It's very difficult, just the way our system is set up, to be pushing you know, staff to be too um, 
right? Because you put them in an awkward position. Whereas if, if this, the electeds are opposing it, they, they you know they can easily uh, come into some difficulty. But if the electeds can go one way or another, then yeah, you want to be in practice. You want to be talking to staff all the time, and uh, that's certainly true. You don't want to only talk to electeds, but you want to talk to the staff mm. as well, so that they understand. In communicating to the electeds, you know they ought to be able to communicate what they've heard from the community and they are part of their roles to talk to the community and then the staff can then pass that on to the elected and so definitely everybody should be talking to staff and you have the opportunity to hmm. one of the things i i've learned working in beverly hills is that that uh, that staff public communication link the link that should happen and even in beverly hills the policymaker uh, the elected policymaker public communication link doesn't really exist very well. Our, our city electeds are not very good at communicating, if you can believe it, and you know because they're political folks, they should be. They're not yeah. very active. But yeah. but the I think more of the problem, at least in my city, I'd be curious if it's the case in West Hollywood, is that the transportation officials, the department there, they're very defensive, and so not only is there not a link, but it's a little bit of a citadel kind of mentality. Whenever I take an idea to them or I ask them about this or that, I immediately sense the flinch, like, ooh, you know, that's, that's going to expose yeah. us to some pain. And, yeah. you know, Beverly Hills, I'm, I'm sure folks there are, are active when they want to be, which is to say not all they the time. They can be, yeah. Yeah, they certainly can be. In fact, I was looking through some historic pictures in Beverly Hills and looking at this, this just, you know, civic action after civic action going back 20, 30 years that predates my time in Beverly Hills. And hard for me to believe that Beverly Hills folks take to the streets for any occasion. But, you know, there, <laughs> there they were, you know, protesting the Shah, et cetera, from, yeah. from back uh, in 79. And I was kind of, that was an eyebrow raiser. But our, our city, you know, city hall is a little bit of a, of a citadel. It really inhibits that kind of public stakeholder communication. That's not the case in West Hollywood, I assume? Uh, my perception is quite a difference between West Hollywood and Beverly Hills in this respect, in that uh, there's a lot of community involvement in West Hollywood, uh, speaking both to the council members who generally make themselves available. Of course, it depends. The different council members do it to different extents in different ways. They're all individuals. And uh, also, making meetings available to the community. Most commission meetings are held in the evenings, for example, as are a lot of other meetings where people who work can go to those meetings and to provide their input. And I think the city of West Hollywood does a good job of that compared to many other cities. Um, so I, w I would say yes to that. And uh, Beverly Hills is, doesn't do things exactly the same way. Of course, I'm kind of looking in from the outside in that regard, but my perception is that they're not so engaged with the entirety of the community as is West Hollywood. Mm. That's just my perception. Yeah, and I, I, that's definitely the reality, as at least as I see it. And I think the difference is commitment. You know, West Hollywood, they made a commitment. They hired a mobility-minded transportation official. I mean, you'd think they would be one and the same, but really it's not. Um, so in, in, in Melissa, right, they have somebody who actually brings uh, the, the skills and the, the knowledge and the imagination, maybe most importantly, 
and they mm -hmm. appointed the task force that you served on and that uh, Ron Durgan served on, and they yes. they put the dollars down. And I don't remember I don't remember what the dollar value was for these bike improvements. I remember a couple of weeks ago I read I read the staff report when it was coming in front of West Hollywood City Council, and it was yes. like an eye popping amount of money. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, all. That, that's commitment. right. <clears throat> well, different cities do things very different ways. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And <laughs> if you look at uh, around L.A. County, some are quite progressive and uh, are moving forward, Santa Monica being one of the best, Long Beach being probably the best, uh, Glendale is coming on board. And there are other cities, such as some in the San Gabriel Valley, who are very retro and really don't want to support bicycling at all and uh, vote down bicycle plans and things like that. So uh, Beverly Hills isn't on the most progressive side of that. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> but but you're 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 the uh, expert on that, and I, I um, have some sympathy with the challenge you face, and also uh, uh, admire your perseverance in uh, continuing to push this in Beverly Hills. I'm, as I think we'll be hearing more about later in this episode, uh, you'll tell us more about what they're doing. At least they're moving forward on some uh, route and bicycle route projects, and so that, that's good. And a lot of that, I think, is due to your effort, so congrats on that. Oh, thank you um, on that. So just finishing up with LACMA and getting on to the, uh, the uh, other route you were asking about, I just wanted to give to your listeners a couple of um, web addresses for the LACMA Earth Day event. One is LACMA itself. Uh, if you go to www.lacma.org, slant event slant earth day and earth day is hyphenated e-a-r-t-h hyphen d-a-y there's a description of their events you can download a full schedule there talking about these films and other activities that are ongoing and this is actually presented by the uh, la mid-city west community council jeff jacobberger and others have been working on that and also uh, uh with uh Taylor nichols here in west hollywood and the Mid-City West, if you go to www.midcitywest, all one word, .org, uh, you can see their announcement of this event as well. And Jeff is a cyclist himself. <clears throat> he, he is, absolutely. He's, um, he serves on the neighborhood, the uh, community council, and uh, is also the appointee of the local L.A. City council person to the Los Angeles uh, city Bicycle Advisory Committee, and so he's a bicyclist, and is very supportive of that. He uh, deserves a lot of credit in helping to persuade LACMA to have this bike-oriented activity. And the Mid City West Council has pr provided the funding for the large uh, um, bike valet bicycle parking that's being um, uh, organized by the LACBC on Earth Day. Okay, and you were asking now about um, the regional routes, and you had mentioned the, the the national route of which Route 66 would be part of this proposed national network that passes through L.A. County and uh, L.A., West Hollywood, Beverly Hills, the West Side, and into Santa Monica. Um, and regional connectivity is something that's, of course, concerns most bicyclists, and that uh, certainly when it comes to West Hollywood, is, which is geographically quite a small city, uh, if we were just working in isolation, we wouldn't get very far because <laughs> we'd uh, have something, and then as soon as we leave, we'd, there would be nothing. 
And so, uh, fortunately, uh, we, there are efforts in the uh, cities around West Hollywood, L.A., and now upcoming, uh, some efforts in Beverly Hills for bicycle infrastructure. And um, for many bicyclists uh, over the last few years, they've been talking about network connectivity and uh, bike routes that will lead you across the entire city. And one of those, which is important for the east-west route from downtown to Santa Monica on the north side, um, is Santa Monica Boulevard. And uh, the Los Angeles City Bike Plan uh, identifies Santa Monica Boulevard for bicycle lanes uh, all the way from uh, its eastern terminus at Sunset Boulevard to the city limit with West Hollywood, which is La Brea Avenue. And uh, that was just really recently voted a couple of months ago as a high-priority route in an online poll that L.A. should move forward with putting bicycle lanes on that part of Santa Monica Boulevard. Um, likewise, as you can comment more on this, uh, Beverly Hills is uh, going to be re reconstructing its part of Santa Monica Boulevard within the next few years and uh, will probably put uh, something in the way of bike lanes, either one or hopefully both sides of the street. And there are existing bike lanes in the west side, more planned to complete that part of Los Angeles. And Santa Monica also has bike lanes um, uh, one block over. So this would form quite, quite a nice route. And the West Side City's Council of Governments, which is a local regional agency that supports transportation projects as one of its remits, um, has identified Santa Monica Boulevard as a high-priority route. And so it seemed to me that that could, should be given a name, as other long-distance routes can be, such as Route 66. And this, the West Side City's Council of Governments, the COG, as it's known, uh, had supported the extension of the Purple Line to the VA, and they had named it the Subway to the Sea. At the time this was discussed, it was supposed to get to Santa Monica. Unfortunately, it's not quite getting there now. And so in... Uh, consistent with that, it seems to me that uh, they might name one of their high-priority routes, which is San Santa Monica Boulevard, the bikeway to the sea, uh, because there are already a lot of, uh, quite a segment of bike lanes on Sunset Boulevard leading almost to downtown up to uh, Santa Monica and Fountain Avenues. And uh, if L.A. comes through with its plan to lay down bicycle lanes on Santa Monica Boulevard to West Hollywood, that would be another segment of this bikeway to the sea. West Hollywood also has a proposal for bicycle lanes on parts of Santa Monica Boulevard that arose out of the Bicycle Task Force recommendations. Uh, parts of it are very tight and there's little alternative to on-street parking for businesses. And so in their, those areas, uh, recommendations were made for Sharrows and other signage. Um, but the west part of West Hollywood already has bicycle lanes from uh, the, the eastern third of Santa Monica Boulevard within the city limits. And uh, west of, of Beverly Hills, there's quite a segment of bicycle boulevards through Century City uh, going down towards the 405. So there are every agency, as well as the interagency uh, council of governments, has specific plans to put bike lanes on Santa Monica Boulevard, leading from near downtown L.A. Uh, all the way to Santa Monica.
And uh, so just as a way of encouraging them to move forward with these individual plans and encouraging regional planning where they can actually hopefully time their efforts to link up these plans, um, I, th I think it would be useful to encourage that and to, uh, in so doing, have a complete and continuous bikeway to the sea from uh, downtown L.A. to Santa Monica. Right. That's that's just a dream, right? Well, it, it's kind of a dream, but like I say, the, the various individual plans already exist, and the Council of Governments is coming together to try and use its good offices to encourage the individual cities to actually implement those plans and, and have bike lanes all the way from downtown to, to Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. And that would be a, a, a an alternative to uh, what is now coming to fruition, uh, the bike lane on the exposition line, uh, which will in phase two lead all the way to Santa Monica. So there will be a choice for going uh, from downtown along Exposition Boulevard through Culver City to Santa Monica, but ultimately it would also be very helpful to have a choice further north along Santa Monica Boulevard. So there would be an Exposition bikeway and ideally a bikeway to the sea uh, along Santa Monica. Mm, terrific, terrific. I, I think it's important also to, to mention that the, the precursor really was the, was the, um, the backbone bike network that was developed a few years ago by Stephen Box and Alex Thompson and some other exactly, the advocates yes. that were that were really out front on this issue and uh, they got together did a little DIY planning and came up with this regional backbone bike network. So yes, anyone who's who's really all credit to them. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, anyone who's who's interested in that kind of higher level planning ought to take a look at that. That's on the that's on their site on the web. Uh, well, that's a terrific update, Kevin. I really appreciate it. All right, my pleasure, Mark. It's, uh, thank you for having me on the show. Update everybody. Yeah, it's thanks, a pleasure. Kevin. All right, we'll talk to you later. Okay, Mark. Bye. Bye. Kelsey, won't you come out to play? I got my bicycle today. My father bought it for me. He said it cost him money. He's got a man in China who said he'd get some cheaply. It's got a magic handle. It's got a chrome defender. It's got a sprocket card and it's got some superpowers. What a pretty bicycle, she said. I want one just like that. What a pretty bicycle, she said. I want one just like that.
CBC affiliate in Beverly Hills, and I'm here with Nicholas, and we uh, just heard from Kevin Burton in West Hollywood, and he talked about some of West Hollywood's in amazing efforts, really putting money down, committing to hiring staff, making multimodal mobility a, a reality in, in West Hollywood. Um, we talked a little bit about plans for a bikeway to the sea. This would be a continuous route from downtown uh, to the ocean, uh, which follows a lot of the original Route 66 alignment, which itself, Bike Route 66, is a proposal from the Adventure Cycling Association. So it looks like our region is getting a lot of love from, uh, from the national scene. Santa Monica Boulevard is just that, that perfect uh, route, crosstown route to the, scene, to the sea. Uh, not for nothing, but it was also... It was also the rapid transit route back in the day when it was Pacific Electric rail cars you could take from downtown to the sea. Back then you could take it uh, through Hollywood, one of two routes through Hollywood, but ultimately it got on the Santa Monica, the main line, the, the, the west, side, uh, west side route. It would take you all the way out to the VA and all the way out to the beach. Back at the turn of the century, in the very first few years of the 1900s, that was called the balloon excursion route. Went right through Beverly Hills, what was then known as Morocco Junction, before it was incorporated. Subsequently, uh, we were incorporated. That became the Pacific Electric's line. They had a second line, which was a slightly southern tier line you could take from downtown. It would go up, uh, go west on Venice and then uh, up Santa Monica Boulevard and again into Beverly Hills. So we actually were at the convergence point, the juncture of two light rail lines. Of course, uh, today we have none, but we're anticipating the subway. So all to say that um, mass transit and, and crosstown bike routes are on the, the agenda in a big way, and Beverly Hills, again, seems to be at the center of a lot of these proposals, not least for the subway and all the sturm and drang if you follow the Beverly Hills opposition to the century city Metro identified Century City subway stop. So Beverly Hills always seems to be at the center. I see Beverly Hills as the keystone of West Side transportation. We're right there on Santa Monica Boulevard, that Route 66 potential bikeway to the sea. We also uh, were uh, we're the, the 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 corridor for Olympic and Wilshire Boulevard, two very important east-west corridors, and we're also also a north-south corridor. Um, through Robertson, which skirts our east side, and Beverly Drive, which uh, connects down to Century City. So we're really at that convergence of, of routes. Let me give you a little bit of an update what's happening in Beverly Hills. We've got a couple of things on the agenda. We've got maybe three things on the agenda. Um, maybe important, but, but least in, big in the scheme of things. We've got some bike racks coming, the city tells us. 
you know, it's been years since the city's installed any bike racks. Uh, and we've been pressing them for about a year and a half. We need bike racks. Bike racks tell cyclists that we're welcome. Bike racks are uh, transportation infrastructure like streets and parking meters. Bike racks uh, help get bike traffic and more foot traffic to local retailers, things that Beverly Hills depends on that we really need. So we need bike racks. We've been telling them for a year and a half. And it looks like maybe we'll be getting some in the pipeline is uh, – a series of new racks for commercial districts and also a rack on request program. Kevin Burton mentioned West Hollywood has one. City of Los Angeles has has a great system. Um, Rick Reisenberg always tells me, you know, he's he's been successful in securing several hundred racks through the city uh, through City of Los Angeles rack on request system. Santa Monica also has one, as I said. So it looks like Beverly Hills might get one after the fiscal year begins in July. So that's bike racks for Beverly Hills. Second, uh, we have on schedule a reconstruction of Santa Monica Boulevard. This is a soup-to-nuts asphalt-to-gravel reconstruction of the whole corridor. The backstory is that uh, we took control over that stretch from Caltrans back in 2005. Caltrans, of course, made a mess of that corridor through City of Los Angeles and uh, through Beverly Hills when Caltrans controlled it, a real eyesore. West Hollywood years ago took control and completely remade Santa Monica Boulevard. I mean, it's like out of a planning textbook how they uh, calmed the traffic, slowed the traffic, increased pedestrian uh, amenities over there. West uh, Beverly Hills now has their turn. We took it over, and now we have scheduled for completion in late 2004. 2014, we've got a reconstruction of the boulevard. The The rub is that the conceptual design hasn't been finalized. So we've been talking to the city, really bending their ear wherever we can, the Planning Commission and Traffic and Parking Commission to City Council themselves and to transportation officials. We need bike uh, lanes on this corridor. Century City has them, West Hollywood has them at our west and east flank. We need them. We need to complete that complete our missing piece of the regional, the back, that backbone bike network, that regional network. Well, this is where things get a little sticky. Well, we, they tell us, uh, you know, we don't want to, we don't know that we can fit, fit bike lanes on the boulevard, and yet, you know, our city owns an additional 20 feet beyond the curb-to-curb curb asphalt. And we have plenty of room to put bike lanes on the boulevard, but... We always get the story from transportation, oh, you know, we, our community has just told us uh, they don't want to expand the boulevard. They don't want to widen the boulevard. And city council is, has clearly provided uh, direction to us we're not going to widen the boulevard. I, I had an exchange with our, our former mayor, Mayor Delshad, where, where I was uh, at city council pleading for bike lanes on this important regional corridor, and he said all options are on the table. And literally in the next breath he said we're not expanding the boulevard. So it's, it's been really a struggle to get Beverly Hills to just think about doing their, fulfilling their obligation to make this a regional connectivity piece. So the short story is reconstruction of Santa Monica Boulevard on the schedule for 2014. Uh, we have an RFP that's going to go out probably at the end of April where we're shopping around for a design consultant to give us RFP. Oh, I'm sorry. RFP, a request for proposal. That's where the city lays out in a in a um, in a document 
basically what they're looking to see on the boulevard so that bidders can come in and provide an accurate bid and, uh, and the, the request for proposals is something they react to this is what we're looking for and then the bidder comes along and says okay this is the service we're going to provide now that RFP in Beverly Hills now this is again for Santa Monica Boulevard it's going to go to City Council where City Council is going to give a little bit of feedback and then transportation is going to reshape it perhaps and then put it out to bid. This is a, a really important moment because Beverly Hills specifies to its bidders what we see and what Beverly Hills has said we see on this corridor is a soup to nuts construction and consideration of bike lanes and maybe a landscaped median. This is our opportunity as bike advocates to press the city to say not consideration of bike lanes for Santa Monica Boulevard, bike lanes for Santa Monica Boulevard. Not, don't tell us how we can't do it, which is kind of the language in, in the request for proposal. Tell us how we can do it. And so we're, we're trying to reach out to advocates uh, all around to say this is an important moment. We need to tell city council that bike lanes have to be a part of this. We have to figure out how we can do it, not the culture of no that Stephen Box often talks about in the city of Los Angeles, but we need to get to a culture of yes, how can we make Santa Monica Boulevard the multimodal transportation corridor that our own plans say it should be. Our own plans say good things. Even our 1977 bike plan says good things about multimodal uh, connectivity. So let's put it in place on Santa Monica Boulevard. So the timeline is April 17th goes to City Council. They give some feedback on the draft request for proposal. Transportation sends it out. We get bids back. And then towards uh, middle to the end of 2012, we're going to be nailing down a conceptual vision. We'll be putting it out to the public, which is part of this uh, request, request for proposal, holding outreach meetings. And then hopefully, hopefully we'll get some feedback. So you can always go to betterbike.org where I keep track of what happens with Santa Monica Boulevard as well as the bike racks and other initiatives. So keep up with what's happening. Send a letter in. Even if you don't live in Beverly Hills, support their regional obligation to provide cycling connectivity for Santa Monica Boulevard. Okay, that's Santa Monica Boulevard. The other update is Beverly Hills is undertaking a pilot program for uh, bike improvements, bike-friendly improvements. We have, the city has met with bike advocates, uh, I want to say in a series of five meetings uh, through summer, fall, and, and early in 2012. Basically, they asked us, well, you know, what can we do? And we said, well, you can do everything for us because you've done nothing for us. We laid out a, a list of suggestions, things we need, where we need facilities, bike lanes, sharrows. Here are some alternatives. Here are some things that are done in other cities. And what the city did, did was well, they went to their, their engineering consultant and said, okay, we met with the bike advocates. We have identified four local routes in Beverly Hills. Come back with some, some options. Give us a feasibility study. What can be done for these four pilot bike routes in Beverly Hills? And what uh, the, the consultant came back with was, well, basically, since you told us we can't change any parking or we can't change any vehicular traffic flow, uh, what we can do is put down a bunch of sharrows, maybe. And, and we, Better Bike, has really been in the forefront of, of arguing to the city that 
Um, that's a little too little, too late. We have some very busy crosstown routes like uh, Charleville and some north-south routes like Beverly Drive. These are important, important regional routes, and currently bikes are squeezed. Laying down showers may not be sufficient for these. You know, we should really expand our options, expand the imagination, and think about even just look at what other cities are doing and think about maybe we need to take out one side of, one side of uh, parking, curb parking on Carmelita to put in two bike lanes to give cyclists that cross-town route from La Cienega and Wilshire to the bike lanes in Century City. It's just a straight shot. It's already heavily used, but cyclists uh, have to stop at about 15 stop signs all the way, and we don't even have any space to ride because we're squeezed in. It's a fairly narrow boulevard. So four pilot routes have been identified. It's going to... Um, uh, there's, we've had one public outreach meeting to uh, solicit public input on these four routes. That happened last week. We've got another one coming up on April 25th in Beverly Hills. Again, a public outreach meeting for our four pilot bike routes. And then May 9th, it goes to our Traffic Transportation Commission. They'll get some public input, and they'll turn around recommendations to City Council. And this is why this is important because Beverly Hills has no bike-friendly streets, no bike improvements. This is the first time the city's actually recognized, okay, we need, we need to create some bike-friendly streets here. Maybe it's lanes, maybe it's sharrows. We need to encourage the city more the better. Bike lanes rather than sharrows, sharrows rather than nothing, signage where there is none. So we want to make sure the city gets that message on May 9th, the Traffic and Parking Commission, and then subsequently afterwards, City Council receives it on uh, May 17th. So, so <clears throat> sorry, I'm pretty sick here. So how, how do you get people to come down to these meetings? Well, you know, that's always the challenge. Uh, Beverly Hills is not a particularly over-engaged city, so the turnout tends to be rather light. We had pretty good turnout for our advocates meetings with the city. I think at, uh, at one point we had probably 15, 18 advocates turn out to give the city suggestions. Here's what we need, where we need it. The city kind of took some of those, packaged them into this pilot uh, bike routes, set of, uh, set of four routes, this proposal that's now uh, in front of outreach. And we're just out there beating the drum, hosting bike talk, uh, putting it on the site, putting it in on our uh, Twitter feed. You can follow us at Better Bike on uh, on Twitter, and there we'll give you the updates. You can always come to the site BetterBike.org where we recap the meetings. But basically, it's about getting the word out and reminding folks, uh, advocates all over that that if you're at all interested in West Side connectivity, we are the keystone. We are the missing link. We're the black hole right now. And uh, the more we can do to encourage our city council to put those bike lanes on Santa Monica Boulevard to put in place the beginning of a real bike network and you know at the very least let's just put some racks down these things cost a couple of hundred bucks a piece let's put some racks down and let cyclists know uh, that they're welcome so I'm getting the word out here getting it out on betterbike.org and I'd appreciate it if uh, bike talk uh, spreads the word as well and any advocates out there follow us come to the site let us know how you can be active in supporting Beverly Hills as we move forward. You know, uh, we have an articles page on kpfk.org, and if you 
you know, when you have a, a meeting, it's important to get cyclists, advocates out to, if you could, you know, put up a, some kind of, well, you have it already, but like a, if you could send us a link to a blog with a post, with a picture that we could put up there. I'll do That'd it. Great. I'll do it, yeah, the, the, the better. I think one of the challenges of organizing here in the, in, the, in the L.A. area is that, you know, there are a bunch of advocates out there. You know, we've got these LACBC regional groups, and we've got one-off uh, um, uh, bloggers and, and, you know, valuable folks like Ted and Rick that are out there getting the message out. But unfortunately, we don't have that single place where you just come for everything. You know, we don't have that 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 information dashboard where if I want to check in what all these bloggers are saying, I don't have it. You know, I, I use various tools, you know, to manage it. I, I subscribe to a bunch of Twitter feeds. That's maybe one of my most valuable information inputs uh, is Twitter. It's just not all about what you ate for lunch. And I also use a feed reader so I can get all those RSS feeds. And, you know, that all takes time and energy. What I would love is a is a dashboard page where I come in and there are the events to do. Here's the recent blog posts. Here's the recent Twitter feeds. And here are the most recent, say, bike-related articles from Streets Blog. And, you know, that would be my, my heads up. We don't really have that maybe in the future. Uh, well, you know, we have a biketalk.com and .org uh, page that we're not using. So if you want to help us to design that, I think we can make that. I think we should. I think we should. You know, we have all these technological tools available available to us. You know, the internet just being the most fundamental. But you know, we've got uh, we've got apps and we've got uh, mobile apps and web apps. And I think we're at the real at the beginning stage of starting to bring these tools together and and you know eliminate some of the friction of of, of using these tools and accessing the information. You know, what what Twitter's done for. For real-time updates, you know, we just need to do in a kind of a broader way just to move this information and, and make it accessible. I love RSS feeds, but um, it, you know, it takes some effort to organize them and it takes some effort to, to page through them. And, and I think we're at the early stage of making information work for us. Okay. So, well uh, summarized. All right. So... Um, I guess, uh, bless you, Nicholas. You. Boy, I, I hope you feel better. You were doing a yeoman's job here <laughs> on Bike Talk, you know, even in uh, the worst of times. Thanks. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, public school teacher, and I, I get sick constantly all the time. I hope you make it without getting this. No, uh, uh, we're keeping a real distance. I'm in a cone <laughs> of silence right here, so we're <laughs> totally prophylactic away from my... I love how on radio you can say anything that's happening and... Especially yeah, on internet radio, right? Yeah, that's amazing. What a medium! I, I I love I love radio. It's still, I think, one of the most evocative, you know, useful communication tools. Just you know, like going back to transportation, the old streetcar, man. It's a model that's served us well once upon a time. It's 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 uh-huh. coming back and and uh-huh. it's doing us great service. Well. Do we have streetcars anymore? Or are we light rail? Is that what you think? Yeah, we have light rail. You know, we, of course, we've got we've got the line down to Long Beach. We've got the Expo line currently in um, in testing. We it looks like we'll have a streetcar coming to downtown Los Angeles, kind of a uh, demonstration project. Um, we look at other at other cities. Denver has you know been rolling out um, light rail and streetcars like crazy. And and if you've been to the Bay Area, the, the best reason to go to San Francisco. Uh, that I can think of off the top of my head is right there vintage streetcars. Mm. I mean, they they have on the Market Street route, which is, of course, their historic streetcar route, they have 
not to be confused with um, with the cable cars, by the way. This is electric streetcars. They have this incredible stable of fully restored cars from earlier in the century, just plying the market route. And man, you gotta you gotta see it to believe it, and take it down to the down to the pier. Remember where the earthquake took down that the um, that whole freeway. Well, that's long gone. San Francisco was really in the vanguard of moving past the elevated freeway, and they have opened up their whole waterfront. Uh, it's just uh, maybe the, ur- the, the West Coast urban planning success story, and a big part of that is the streetcar that they rehabilitated. Yeah, it's, I, I was just up there, but I, I didn't make it across. The, I was in Oakland, but I didn't make it over there. Mm-hmm. But um, So what else you got? Well, I guess so. Uh, you know, I'll close on a um, a call for again going back to this information thing. I think there's a real need for us to gather around uh, tools that really can work for us, and we need to make them work for us. So I was thinking about this the other day. I was having a conversation about bike maps. Now, bike maps. You know, some of us use bike maps to find a good route. You go on um, Google. Uh, Google Maps, for example, and you know you can learn about traffic. You can look at satellite view, and you can also look at bike routes. These are these are crowdsourced routes. You know, people have provided their suggestions to Google, and so Google has mapped these things. You want to find a, a route across town? Look on look on street maps on Google Maps. And there's also OpenStreetMap, which is another. Uh, open um, crowdsourced mapping platform, very much like Google Maps, but a little bit different, a little bit more of a presentable interface. But what's important about both of those platforms is that is that they make the platform available. So you can embed Google Maps in your page. You can map your own route on Google's My Maps. You can map your, you can crowdsource uh, routes on um, on Open Map and and Google. And you can embed Open Map, and these are these incredibly flexible mapping platforms. And we don't really have one to go to. Uh, it looks like OpenStreetMap is gaining is gaining some ground on Google, which has been kind of the granddaddy. OpenStreetMap's got a very attractive interface, and I think what we need to do is focus on a tool. Let's say it's OpenStreetMaps for the sake of argument. Focus on a tool and really work here in the region to make create a definitive bike routes map. Now I can get a paper map from the uh, city of Los Angeles or from the city of Santa Monica uh, and that's great because those are established routes, those are city imprimatur routes but of course you know now we're on mobile handsets, you know we're, we're looking at, at the web and I think what we need to do is integrate our cities around uh, a map. So that's, that's one thing. There's another kind of map that um, that is really intriguing to me and, and I think is really represents untapped potential and that is the hazards map. Now I know when I ride across Santa Monica Boulevard in Beverly Hills, that is a perilous route for a cyclist. There are all kinds of pavement irregularities, there's dangerous traffic grates, street grates, storm grates that, uh, that make it hazardous to ride over them. And when I ride, every time I ride Santa Monica Boulevard, I think you know, what I need is, I need a hazards map. Now, thankfully, there are a couple out there. Uh, the region's um, Alex Thompson, uh, he and some folks created the Bikeside uh, LA Bike Map. This is this is a crowdsourced map where you go and you report your hazards. Here's where I was struck by a car. Here's the police report. 
here's the, the here's something about the conditions and then I can go on the LA bike map uh, via bike site and I can see just at a glance where are problem intersections uh, there's also bike side up in um, up in the Bay Area I'm sorry up in Portland I think in in, uh, in Oregon they also provide a crowdsourced uh, hazard map oh, I'm sorry bike wise provides a, a crowdsourced hazard map this is another very similar kind of map I think they're both built on Google Maps as a platform and they're both crowdsourced you know for for hazards here's where I encountered a problem and there are a number of maps out there that that perform that that communicative work of telling me what my other what my fellow advocates and just fellow bicycle riders what problems they've encountered out there this is especially important when we just think about where are the hazardous intersections so I live right near uh, Olympic and Beverly Drive which is which I know is a hazardous intersection because I've ridden through it and because it's been uh, reported to me that serious accident happened there serious bike accident Another one right in my town is Wilshire and Santa Monica, probably the granddaddy of disastrous intersections for cyclists. This is a little mix master where I, when doing an L.A. bike count, I watched, I sat there for two hours doing the L.A. bike count, LACBC bike count, and then I saw cyclist after, after cyclist just get tangled in that intersection. It's horrible. And I, I need a source where I can go to one source, one bike hazards map where I can see what are the problems and a related kind of a map is a map that uses city data that takes public data health department data trans, you know Caltrans data uh, CHP data uh, and puts that on a map so that I can see where are the officially tracked incidents that's also important now I know as a cyclist I can I can go to the the chips website I can download I can download the Switters data, so any folks out there who are active in cycling issues probably have done that as well. They give location data by intersection, so I can, I can plot it out myself. I can do the work. Other advocates are doing the work also. What we need to do is we need to collaborate on a platform so we have a, a hazards map. One of the things I'd like to explore with the larger advocacy community here is how do we use these tools? Do we need... Do we need a single map that layers on bike routes, that layers on crowdsourced hazards, and layers on public data? Should these things stand as standalone maps so that uh, there are individual tools when I want to look and see what the, what the hazards, what the officially reported hazards have been from local police departments to, to, uh, to the California Highway Patrol, that Switters database, so that I can go and see what the official uh, routes are, do, or do I want a map where I can just leaf through the layers and just get an idea? That's something I'd like to talk about. I, I'd like to make that a broader conversation. Maybe that's a future bike talk episode. Great, because there's a real yeah. need. There's a real need, and then maybe another one can be about uh, about mobile apps, specifically those apps that suggest routes. You know, where am I going? Where am I starting? Where am I going? And you know, is there a, a, an app out there that's going to suggest a route to me? And, and there are actually apps out there, but, you know, we're seeing kind of a little bit of fragmentation, duplication in that space. And, and I think I don't know what the best tools are. I've, I've checked out some. Uh, but I know that in Europe, in, uh, in the U.K. and in London and in Northern Europe, in Stockholm, for example, they have, they have multiple very good apps that 
mobile apps that tell me that suggest a route to me, that show me crowdsource routes, and that also show me where all bike stations are. And some even go a little farther and tell me what the pricing scheme is and, and uh, uh, tell me what bikes are available where. I mean, we're a little behind the curve here in the States, but, you know, I think we, you know, the map, the mobile app uh, space is so dynamic that, you know, it's, it's changing quickly. And I'd love to hear from other advocates tools that they use both on the web and on the handset. So maybe we can talk about that in the future. Yeah. So. All right. So I guess that's what I have for you today. Well, that was great. Thank you so much, uh, Mark. And, and uh, so future episodes, what were you thinking? Just, you know, uh, we have the every second Saturday, LACBC Regional Partnerships, so I guess that would be that's determined. You know what what's on those are determined by who who shows up. Right. I, we could we could definitely use one of those, or we could put on the agenda um, a uh, a bike talk episode that's um, just strictly kind of framed around some technology question that we want to answer. And that could be what are your favorite mobile apps, or that could be you know what's the future of of web based bike maps. And then we can invite a bunch of advocates to call in, and not just not just cyclists, but maybe we can tap some app app makers. That sounds great. Yeah, that, to me, that seems like a like a good agenda, just so we can all get on the same page with where we are with our info tools. All right. Uh, do you want to make a you want to pencil that in now, or should we do that later? Let's do that later. Okay. <laughs> did you see him come in? I did. Um, so should we go out with a song? All right, let's go. You know, I I picked my selection earlier, the the Queen Bicycle Race. Why don't you pick one? All right, um, here's one. Where is it? Here's one about a dream somebody had about a giant bicycle. All so right. So thank you very much, Mark Elliott from Better Bike, Beverly Hills. Betterbike.org. Thank you. The following is a dream that I had. Imagine a bike, a really big bicycle, sort of like a penny farthing, uh, as tall as a house or perhaps like a small tree. And then imagine Richard, uh, Rich and Judy, standing on, on Judy's head. And then on top of Richard's head, Prince Philip stood. And then on top of Prince Philip's head, there's a sort of young giraffe standing. It was about as tall as that. Then. Imagine a double-decker bus and being on the top deck and going right to the front where you can only see the road and you can't see what's behind you, you just see the road disappearing in front of you. That's, that's the view that I had. So I could see everything really clearly. And it was a time when people ruled the streets like, like they did, say, 100 years ago. And there, there weren't many cars and the, the street was like the place to be. And I was wobbling from side to side on this bike, sort of like a tightrope walker with really bad balance. And I was getting stressed about the possibility of falling off and hurting myself. And all this time I was stressing, I knew there was someone ahead of me that I was supposed to be following. You know, like when you're on a holiday and, and one person knows the way to somewhere and you've just followed them. But, you know, I was on my giant bicycle and I just couldn't see this person I was following. But yet I still knew where I was going. I was still following them in some way, which was very bizarre. And I passed some amazing places on my travels. And 
one of them was when I stopped to watch a Madonna concert. I, I really don't know why I stopped. I don't even like Madonna that much. And for some reason, I was very keen to get to the front, but of course, this proved very tricky on my giant bicycle. And then out of the boo, the whole crowd just left me alone, and I, I didn't know what was going on. So I, I went closer to watch Madonna, to, to go up to her, and suddenly...